Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Santo Kansati, and you're on 3CR. This is the Spoken Word Program, and you have just been listening to the remarkable Anna Fern, who is our guest on the program today. Anna performs spoken word and sound, both by herself and with the vocal group Unamunos Quorum. She sings and plays found objects with the crystal set, a four-piece improvisational group, but like pretty well all of us, she does have a day job. Yes, I know some of you listening might think that we poets and spoken word artists earn our living from our art. Not so. And by day, Anna works as an editor and author in educational publishing. Welcome to 3CR Spoken Word, Anna. Thank you, Santo. Well... That's a pretty unusual style you have there. I'm sure listeners will be thinking that. Uh, I just have to ask you, why do you perform in such a style? Well, I guess it is a performance. It's not just words on a page. And so it's important to have some theatre in your delivery, I think, if you're going to bother doing it to an audience and out loud. But why such unusual sounds? Well, I guess... um, I don't know. I, I I used to be a vocalist, or I am a vocalist, and I just feel comfortable doing that. I wonder <laughs> what um, some uh, conservatorium-trained opera singers might think of you describing yourself as a vocalist. Uh, <laughs> well, I did actually learn singing from an opera singer for a little while, but she told me that if I kept doing my experimental stuff, I shouldn't continue to come to her for lessons. <laughs> So I take it you stopped going to lessons and you've graced the world with this um, amazingly innovative style. Yeah, I don't know if it's that innovative, really. I mean, sound poetry's been along, uh, around for, uh, well, since at least the early 1900s. Or perhaps since the human beings first opened their mouths. 
Yeah, go back. absolutely. In fact, the minute you're born, you're a sound poet, aren't you? Absolutely. You must have had some very interesting audience reactions, uh, and I'd love you to tell us about some of the reactions, the positive ones as well as the negative ones. I've been really lucky. I'm doing some fairly experimental stuff, but I've never had any overtly negative reactions. And I think, you know, if you haven't got an audience with you because they start chattering, but most of I, I find... Um, with uh, if you've got a rowdy audience at a pub or something, the experimental stuff actually makes them shut up and listen. I could well imagine that. Uh, I think I must do a lot more sound poetry then if you get nothing but positive reactions. <laughs> well, I wouldn't <laughs> say nothing but positive. But <laughs> yeah. What was the worst reaction you ever got? Someone said to me, uh, gee, you must sound really amazing when you're having sex. <laughs> Right, okay. Am I allowed to say that on radio? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, you do use a variety of vocal sounds, which may very well include some sex. Uh, there are words I have heard you using singing. Um, do you think, for those of us who love to put things into neat boxes, do you think this is poetry or is it music or what is it? Well, it's sound poetry, I think, and... Well, I, I don't know whether it's that useful to categorise any mm. sort of art in particular boxes. And, uh, yeah, everything's pretty hybrid these days, isn't it? Yeah, it was a deliberately provocative question, yeah. I have to admit. <laughs> but it's more along the lines of, I wonder, you know, which um, particular compartment of the record store we should put you in. You want to... oh, Novelty, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, she says wistfully. <laughs> yes. Well, this might be a, um, a good time to introduce IQ. IQ is uh, the uh, stage name of Benjamin T. Sanders. Uh, the T stands for Theolonius. Now, talk about great references there. Thelonious Monk, the uh, bebop jazz pianist of the 50s, or Theo, which means God. Anyway, uh, Benjamin T. Sanders, a.k.a. IQ, is an African-American performance poet from Memphis, Tennessee, who has recently moved to Melbourne. He's highly regarded on the U.S. poetry slam circuit. And I just um, wanted to play a track of his, just as an example of the musicality of the African-American voice. Uh, as it happens in this piece of IQs, there are also a lot of references to music. But he is still a master of words, so um, it's music and poetry. My South is a magnolia mirror. The musk of land-clearing sweat lodged in soul, vibrating pulses of Congo, Shamrock, Creek, and Stacks. A musical recipe of soul, gospel, blues, jazz, rock and roll. It must be the southern waters sweetened by mama's womb that gives us rhythm as birthright. Place a Beale Street cobblestone in my palm and I'll cry out or howl and wolf its song. Albert Lucero, free soul, my South is past, present, future, tense. In my South, love is a tattered vinyl cover of hot buttered soul. Black Moses standing accused and guilty on the corner. Respect yourself, staple to a sign of the times, declaring, I am a man. My South is being ignored by tourists thinking I'm from Jamaica. <laughs> While I'm in Ernest Withers Beale Street Studios, slipping through silver gelatin prints of civil rights struggles with nappy-headed knee-high heroes. My South is still searching for shea butter to soothe. It's stretch marks and scars, Curb and crack like unslick cypress bark. Gnarled topography of agriculture and industry. My South is a Cadillac Escalade going nine rounds, spinning its wheels in a Mississippi mud hole and a snuff dipping auntie. Ha! 
laughing at the spinning spree. My South is homegrown humor. Dark chocolate majesty of cobalt sing, belladonna bitters, corn whiskey shivers, molasses cookies, and yam meat. Hey, Brooklyn, can cotton grow in your backyard? In my South, Boston baked beans wish they was grits. Down here, but we was always welcome as foreigners. Hospitality and hypocrisy both make par. My South won't let me forget why we are where we are. And Matilda's face is still an open scar. Mirror, mirror, God help us all. But grandma's making scratch butter biscuits. Mom's teaching pregnant teens to have self-esteem. Graduate, plan, prepare to live your life. A proud descendant of those who built this America from soil to sky. A place where families explore the idea of ancestry, sorting through generations with strands of hair, pressed in Bibles. Here in my South, ornery is an adjective. Round bout is a measurement. Down yonder is an exact location. Ain't is a verb. Down here, Jordans play double time with duty as shit kickers and their inner city project wings. Even in heaven, angels got fadeaways. In my south, earth, wind, and fire never let us forget September. Fresh rain dances remind us of the reasons why we are here. In my south, catfish nuggets with hot sauce and Al Green singing love and happiness remind us and fill our good times. Drawl is a band-aid for the English stuffed in my mouth. My name is IQ, and this is my south. From his CD, Blue Gumbo, that was IQ, African-American performance poet from Brunswick. Yes, you heard right, a Brunswick. You're on 3CR, this is the Spoken Word Program, and we are talking with our guest today, Anna Fern. Anna, you're a part of a couple of groups, and uh, I'd like you to tell us something about them. First of all, I mentioned Unamunus Quorum. Did I pronounce that correctly? You did, it's Unamunos Quorum. That was a freely improvising vocal group which really introduced me to sound poetry. Shark de Jong is the, the big daddy of that group. And um, we used to, well, we still do often perform with Yeltsha. And she's someone who really introduced me to what you can do, introducing elements of sound into spoken word. And in particular when there's more than one of you? Yeah, absolutely. It's like a conversation, a musical conversation. And, uh, yeah, I think music teaches you to communicate on a very on a very emotional level, but it, it's quite a different part of the brain, I think, conveying emotions than text. Yes, because I was just imagining, like, the people that you described who are in the group basically uh, hitting each other with different sounds. It's it's not quite the same as conversation in the accepted sense of the word, but, but I could imagine you'd have a lot of fun uh, trying to communicate using quite unusual communication methods. Definitely. Yeah. And we really stretch our voices. Well, it taught me um, to really stretch my voice as much as I possibly could and make as many different sounds mm. as I could. And yeah. What about uh, the crystal set? Because um, I don't know anything much about the crystal set. Well, we use more instruments in the crystal set. It's, just not, it's not just a cappella. Um, I personally like to collect bits of junk from around the place that sound interesting, like bits of metal that I've found along the railway line and which are beautiful and resonant and... I'm not a, pro- a proper percussionist, but I do like 
you know, making sounds with bits and pieces that I find. And uh, we also use computers and um, other, well, flutes and um, whatever we can find, basically. And you combine that with voice? Yes, yes. And we improvise, but it's a little more structured than Unimunos Quorum. So we often go, it's a bit like jazz in that you start off with a an idea and improvise around that in and, a more structured way. Yeah, would you say that um, when you're using the voice in, in that context that your voice is really just another instrument like the found objects? Yes, but uh, partly, but I also try and introduce some poetry into the crystal set as well. So, for example, we've got a guy who does visuals and projects images onto us with light and some of those visuals might include text like a haiku, for example, and we'll have the haiku in the background and we'll do an instrumental sound, what do you call it, a tone poem or, or something to, to yep. match the yep. haiku. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Right. And, and um, you've had a flurry of solo gigs, to, to get back to you as a solo performer recently. Um, can you tell us something about them? Yeah, I, I reckon I've, I probably won't have as good a gig as I did when I was in Eltham, which is in the old courthouse. You sit up in the dock like you're a witness in the case and you or a preacher or something and you have total you feels like you've got total connection with the audience in that position I've never felt like that before I, I know <laughs> and I don't house. know if I can ever feel like that again it was so good yeah. <laughs> I just felt like it might be all downhill after that <laughs> the courthouse is a, an amazing gig I've, I've been there many times and the the sensation of the dock and the acoustics as well are pretty amazing very hard to describe on radio mm. um what about um any gigs you might um have upcoming in the second half of this year well there's the overload poetry festival which is going to take place in september and i'll be doing a little bit of sound poetry and helping with a couple of experimental gigs at the glitch bar at which you will be performing santo oh that's right yes and and, and i do love that venue too anyhow i'd like to hear you perform a little bit more right now so give us another piece the piece I'm going to do is actually, uh, I was thinking about um, images like when you're watching television and there's a, someone on television watching television and someone on the television watching television watching tele- television and so on ad infinitum. So that's where the idea for this came from. When you're not here, I go to bed and dream. In my dream, I can see myself lying in bed dreaming. In a dream inside my dream, faces form out of darkness and gather beside my bed, watching. In my dream, I can see that it's not me dreaming about having a dream. Someone is crouching next to me. I try to call out, wake up. In my dream, I lie there with the faces rising up at me from the dark. Wake up! Wake up! I try to shout in my dream. I try to push the sound out. But I can only make a... When you are here... You pat me back to smooth, but trying to call out to myself from the dream inside the dream wakes me up. 
dry mouthed. I turn on the light. There's no one there. It's 5 a.m. The doorbell rings. The doorbell doesn't work. There's no one there either. I'm in London still. I'm in London. Hi, this is Vicky from The Waves. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio. Please support Community Radio. I'm in London still. La la la. You're on 3CR, this is the Spoken Word Program, I am Santo Katsati. And just a few moments ago we were listening to Anna Fern. Well, my own work certainly has very strong sound elements. I used to be a musician, a concert pianist, a um, free jazz pianist, and in fact, yes, I have a day job. Um, to this day, I am a music teacher. So in the inspired presence of Anna Fern here in the studio, I'd like to read my most strongly sound-oriented piece, which was uh, written in Granada in Spain last year, with a very strong flamenco influence. There aren't very many words in this piece, and those few that there are, are in Spanish. This is Bulerias. That was called Bulerias by me, Santo Cazzati, you're on 3CR. This is the Spoken Word Program, and returning to our guest on the program today, Anna Fern. A little earlier, Anna, you mentioned um, straight poetry. thats I can't really think of another word for it after everything that we've done today, and you have some interest in straight poetry now. Yeah, I guess so, but I seem to be uh, diverging more and more into sound poetry these days. I do enjoy haiku, and most of my poems start off as straight poems, actually, and then they and, develop. And they get distorted, yes. Yeah. Um, that's right, you mentioned haiku, and I think, don't don't you have a haiku on the trains, on connects? Or yes, something? I've got a couple of haiku on connects. So watch out when you're travelling if you can actually um, see anything if you're crowded up against other people like sardines. But have a look at the walls, because, uh, yep, you will see a couple of haiku by Anna Fern there. Um, did you enjoy writing those haiku? 
I did. And I actually got a really nice letter from someone who took the train home one night after thinking she'd failed an exam. And um, my my haiku was about uh, rainbow lorikeets and she wrote to tell me how much they'd cheered her up. <laughs> and after, I don't know whether she ended up passing the exam or not, but it was nice to get a bit of unsolicited feedback. That's just magnificent, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's, um, you know, we reach people in the most unusual ways um, on public transport and uh, achieve a, some kind of, well, limited immortality by iconics. <laughs> That's so, right. Yeah. You can really never predict how someone will react to what you're doing, I find, and you can never second guess how an audience will respond to what you're doing. And yeah, Are there any poets who have influenced you? And I mean straight poets. Sorry to use that word again. Oh, straight poets? Mm, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few sound poets, though. Yes, like who? Mm, uh, Peter Murphy, in a major way. He just opened my eyes up. And the, getting to hear about the Dada poets from World War One and Two really opened my eyes up, too. Are there any recordings of these sorts of poets, like from between the world wars? Yes, lots. There's lots on the internet. If you go to UbuWeb, that's U-B-U-W-E-B, there's heaps and heaps of archival recordings from all over the place, all over the world. That would be amazing. And and I wonder if there'd be some very early films as well of yeah, these pro- people. Yeah, I think so. Um, what about um, performers who have influenced you? I mean, I guess that some of the people you've mentioned basically are performers. They, they, they cannot be thought of as poets on the page. The only way they come alive is as performers. But uh, apart from those you've mentioned, uh, are there any other performers, even outside of sound poetry, that have influenced you or that you really admire? Um, actually, one person on the Melbourne scene at the moment, Komnenos, he's really fantastic, I find. He connects so well with his audience and he's totally accessible, but after he's won over his audience with something accessible, he'll often do something a little bit more experimental and I just love watching him. He's a very versatile artist, you know, um, straddling between the accessibility and the not-so-accessible. Anna, could you give us um, one more piece? Could we drag one more out of you before we wind up? Sure. (laughs) So this poem is made up, it started out as a list of things that you never see in people's houses anymore. These foolish things remind me of you. Copper plate hand, blotting paper, matching stationery, Gladstone bag, calamine lotion. I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair. Bath with four legs, toes and claws. Shower head big as a bucket. Caro heater, bed socks and a hottie. Tea for two and two for tea, cake forks, bone china, doilies and antimacassars. Heaven, I'm in heaven. Four seven eleven on the dressing table, hairbrush, shoehorn, clothes brush, hand mirror, in a set with tortoise shell backs, and the way you look tonight. Curlers, hairnet, lavender bags, an ironed hanky, hand-crocheted edges. It's delicious, it's delightful, it's lovely. Apron, bottling set, pectin powder, lemon butter, japonica jelly, flummery, pressure-cooked greens. It's only natural to be my desire, to have what you require, to give you everything dear. 
Pinking shears, darning needles, washing blue in muslin bags. Marvia. I don't want to set the world on fire. Backyard incinerator, rain gauge, deris dust, chook shed. A toot, a toot, a tootly-a-de-dooty, play an eight to the bar. Ragtime piano in the lounge room, mouth organ round the kitchen table. As time goes by, family Bible, great big cypresses in the yard. After you've gone, Kapok mattress still dinted where you slept. Papers in the dean box, but I know we'll meet again some sunny day. Well, we've heard it all today from Anna Fern, who has been my guest on Spoken Word. Thank you so much, Anna, for sharing all of that with us. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Santo. Well, I um, still haven't organised the guest memento, the 3CR Spoken Word tea towel or spoon or roll of toilet paper, to give you, uh, I guess all I can say is it'll be in the mail sometime in the next few months. Thank you very much, Anna. And um, we've come to the end of the program. We're on... Every Thursday morning, 9 to 9.30. I know it's a long time before you get your next fix of spoken word, but there are many live poetry gigs happening in Melbourne. Google Pam's Melbourne Poetry to see what's on. Look out especially for these gigs. The Dan O'Connell Hotel Carlton, every Saturday afternoon. Spinning Room, every Tuesday night, E.T.'s Paran. Passionate Tongues, Brunswick Hotel, every second Monday night. Babel Poetry Slam, first Wednesday of the month, bar open Fitzroy. And all the details about those can be found by googling Pam's Melbourne Poetry. And finally, how do you contact us here at 3CR Spoken Word? Contributions can be sent to Spoken Word, 3CR, PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. Or you can email spoken underscore word at rocketmail.com. Send your written text in .doc format, audio recording in .wav. And you can check out our website, 3cr.org.au. Go to Programs, find Spoken Word. On today's program, we had some pretty convoluted babble and sound poetry, strongly influenced by music, so I think it's fitting for us to go out with some pretty convoluted music. This is the Colombian salsa violinist Alfredo de la Fe and his recording of the Hyper Chacha NN by Israel Tannenbaum. Until next time, this is Santo Cazzati signing off and shutting down. <laughs>